Hello, listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a bi-weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. It's that time of year again, every monster enthusiast's favorite season, where the chance of seeing supernatural beings rises exponentially, and the veil is thin as fallen leaves. And with Sawin and Halloween just around the corner, I'm feeling a little... nostalgic. Specifically, nostalgic for Irish folklore. So, I watched a movie from 2014 called Song of the Sea. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And after the movie, I was particularly struck by a character named Maka. In the movie, she is a witch related to owls. And I had never heard of her before, but I was 100% on board with her aesthetic. Now, after some research, I found out that she was a composite character, inspired by a group of Irish women from folklore who are sometimes deities and sometimes hags. These deities themselves had very little specifically to do with owls, but were strongly associated with them anyway. Which got me thinking, why do so many cultures associate owls with old women? So this week, let's take a very Celtic look at one of the unofficial birds of fall and its connection to magic, women, and the kind of knowledge that can only be sought in dark places. Our owl-associated deities today are the Cyrach, several related old woman or crone deities of Ireland and Scotland. Cyrach is a general folklore name for a collection of goddesses associated with herding, magic, wilderness, winter, and shrill or sharp noises, such as howling windstorms. In addition to being complete icons, the Cyrach also feature prominently in several Irish and Scottish folk beliefs. For example, in both Ireland and Scotland, the first farmer to finish harvesting their crops in the fall is tasked with making a corn doll, representing the Cyrach from the last sheaf of their crop. The figure is then tossed into the field of a neighbor who hasn't finished bringing in their crops. The last farmer to finish harvesting their crops is then obligated to take in the Kirach for the whole year, with the implication being that they have to feed and house the old woman, in at least a spiritual sense. Because you have to feed, house, and at least show some deference to a deity of dubious reputation and temper, farmers compete fiercely to not be the last one to take in their crops. And the Kirach are rightfully beings of dubious reputation and temper. As I mentioned, they are associated with winter and windstorms, particularly the destructive aspects. In Scotland, there's a period of spring during which windstorms occur so regularly that the period has come to be known as the Akirach. So human deities are all well and good, but we all know why you're here. You're here for the who. How did these goddesses become associated with owls? Well, there's a couple of reasons, and we'll get there. But first you have to consider a little bit about owls themselves. For one, 
For most of human history, we knew very little about the how and what of owls. For example, in ancient Greece, the explanation for the owl's night vision was that owls had an inner light inside of them. This belief that owls have a magical property that grants them the ability to see things that are hidden from human view is also why owl eyes were used throughout the world for everything from a talisman to ward off the evil eye to as a tool to get people to tell you their secrets while they are sleeping. The nocturnal nature that necessitates such special eyes, though, is also something that got owls into trouble. Night is the time that humans are most at a disadvantage against other species that can see in the dark, including some that wouldn't turn up the opportunity to eat a human or two. In addition, because of the natural circadian rhythms that affect human bodily chemistry, night is also the most common time humans suffer unpredictable health events, such as a heart attack. And that can be scary. So, being inseparable from the night, a time associated with danger and death, owls are, unsurprisingly, associated in a lot of cultures with death and bad luck. In Ireland, if an owl got into the house, it had to be killed, because it was believed if the owl flew away, it would take away all the luck of the house with it. As we've discussed in past episodes, winter, being the darkest, coldest part of the year, is inevitably associated with the coldest, darkest part of the day, night. Combined with that natural relationship, owls, like many birds, also have a long history of being associated with the weather. In China, because of their light-colored plumage against the dark night sky, owls have been associated with lightning. In Wales, and in many other countries in Europe, people would nail owls to their barn doors to repel lightning and other bad weather. So, we have winter and weather. The wilderness is a given. What about magic, though? How are the Kirach and the owl connected through magic? Well, it has to do again with that propensity of owls to see things that are hidden. The Kirach are old goddesses, and they are intentionally portrayed as old women because... In Celtic society, old women were sought for their wisdom, particularly concerning healing. Women who trained as healers had knowledge of plants such as willow that had properties related to pain relief. This knowledge was highly valuable, and as a result, was often kept secret, being passed down from healer to healer. It probably doesn't surprise you that eventually this isolation strategy backfired and the knowledge that was once held in high regard as the knowledge to heal became regarded with suspicion and distrust, and its keepers became labeled witches. Likewise, the hidden things humans imagined owls could see were also once held in high esteem, such as in the religious connection between the Greek goddess Athena and the little owl. But gradually, as with healers, Owls began to be held in suspicion. Whatever knowledge they had was probably dangerous, or something that could be used for evil ends. A prime example of this is found in the 12th century Welsh Celtic legend about the creation of owls. The hero Shu Shagifis was forbidden to take a human wife, 
So two magicians created a wife for him out of wildflowers and called her Blodoweeth, which means flower-faced. The wildflowers they used, in case you're a DIY kind of person when it comes to partners, were meadowsweet, oak, and broom. Now Shu was more than pleased with his beautiful bride, but she did not love him in return. She fell in love with another man, and together they hatched a plan to kill Shu so that they could be together. Now, this was not an easy plan. Shu, being an epic hero, had an extremely convoluted scenario that was the only way he could die. Bloodoweeth asked him to tell her, and apparently not concerned that the very specific conditions of his death would ever be met, he told her. Shu revealed to her that he could only be killed at dusk, wrapped in a net, with one foot on a bath and one on a black goat, by a riverbank, and by a spear forged for a year during the hours when everyone is at mass. Their assassination attempt does not work, and as punishment for attempting to murder her husband, Bloodoweeth is turned into a bird and cursed to never see the light of day again. On top of this, the curse also entails birds would hate her and attack her wherever they saw her, and so Bloodoweeth was forced to become the first nocturnal bird, the barn owl. This legend is particularly clever, because a natural behavior of smaller birds, when they spot an owl out in the open during the daytime, is to gang up on it and attack the threat, a behavior known as mobbing. So it's probable early Welsh Celts could have seen small birds attacking an owl during the day, and taken it as proof of the owl's wicked nature. But, as you and I both know, like the Curach, owls are not evil. They're just both associated with old, obscure knowledge. And that mystery can be scary to people who aren't able to separate the unknown from the dangers that potentially lurk within. The owls and healers aren't necessarily causing misfortune, but they are surrounded by it. The old woman healers couldn't fix every person afflicted with disease, and owls couldn't be separated from the darkness. For this, to this day, both have been regarded with both fear and awe. This connection was why the Celtic people of Ireland and Scotland gave both the regular owl and the barn owl a name that would forever tie them to their crone goddesses. The owl was called Kirach Odoichi, or Crone of the Night, and the barn owl was called Kirach Odoichi Gil, or White Old Woman of the Night. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about owls and the Kirach. If you enjoyed this topic, and you're itching to discover more hidden knowledge, check out the show notes. As always, intro and outro, as well as musical score, were done by owl whisperer Scott Ethington. Find more music to hoot along to at Bazooka Raccoon on SoundCloud.com. Special hello and thank you this week to our newest patron, Sonork. Finally, if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, or consider donating to our Patreon. Every little bit helps, and more support means I'm more motivated to do the best job I can to find you more monsters. Thank you for listening, and remember, anyone can be a monster. <laughs> <laughs>